Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require signs, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's your host, Thomas Irvin. We have certainly come to live in a strange world. Rap artists with misogynistic lyrics, rock stars with perverted music, and movie stars with depraved lifestyles set themselves up as moral authorities. It is no surprise then how widely accepted pornography has become. But I wonder if the consumers of such lewd media of the baser sort have considered all that comes along with this perverted, private, sinful pleasure. I have to warn you ahead of time, this will not be pleasant. While I have kept the language clean and certainly acceptable to today's standards by far, we will discuss some horrendous ideas. As such, adults should consider listening first before allowing children to hear this discourse. Our topic today, pornography, the butterfly effect. Pornography is not only legal, but highly unregulated. I don't say that assuming more regulation would solve the problem, but rather, I find it odd very little has been done to curb this issue. Like alcohol, too many high-powered players are participants and therefore unwilling to check their drug of choice. Recent presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders is well known for his twisted, perverted writings of sexual revolution and rape fantasies. But porn... A disgusting word to even mention is harmful in ways that drug and alcohol have not been. My intent with this first episode on the subject is to help consumers of pornography fully understand the world in which they have involved themselves. Pleasure-seeking participants have, maybe unknowingly, helped enable what may be one of the world's most evil industries. Consumption of pornography is not an individual action. In reality, it has serious outlying consequences. Many believe watching porn is an individual choice made by consenting adults. The idea is, I'm an adult, and if I choose to watch porn in the privacy of my home, I can freely do so. This way of thinking is riddled with ignorance. We're going to explore why that is. There's a lot more related here. There's a lot more involved here than just you sitting home making a simple decision. 
So a good thing to do at this point early on would be to get over yourself and to really soak in what you're about to hear. Before we ever discuss this from an internal perspective, before we ever invoke God or his word, I want everyone to understand the perverse abuse that is enabled by porn consumption. Millions have accepted deviant behavior as normal and indeed argue it is their right to participate in such vile behavior, such as the childish and spoiled attitude of American society. Their rights only seem to exist in relation to personal pleasure with no responsibility attached whatsoever. Well, today, listening to this, people that are consumers of pornography, you're going to learn your role in the most perverted forms of abduction and abuse that exist. But don't let it bother you too much. Why allow a little molestation to come between an American and their rights? When debased behavior becomes acceptable, society is altered in devastating ways. Furthermore, if one generation goes a few inches down the road past normality, the generation that follows will surely take a mile further. Initially, there may appear to be no consequences, but licentious living always has consequences. Maybe they are not felt by the individual sitting alone at home before a screen, but someone is paying for the consequences of perverted lifestyles. Maybe someone innocent. And indeed, that is exactly what's happening. To most people, human trafficking is a form of slavery that exists in a faraway land. It has nothing to do with me, right? In most people's minds, it has nothing to do with an individual American sitting at home watching pornography. But this is the ignorance that I'm speaking of. You don't know what you've gotten yourself involved in. You don't fully understand what you're doing. You don't understand who you're hurting and who's being damaged by you sitting at home watching this filth on your computer. You think you're just at home in a bubble on your own and that nobody else is bothered by this. You're 100% wrong. Porn and human trafficking are directly linked together. In fact, much of human trafficking exists for the purpose of producing pornography. That is, men, women, and children are abducted and physically violated in the most perverted sexual nature you can imagine so you can have the right to sit at home and choose to view porn. What you may be watching is a teenage girl that has been taken from her home and is being raped for your entertainment. You may be watching a child that is missing who is being aggressively violated for your entertainment. You think you're just watching porn when in fact you are complicit in the abduction and abuse of a generation of children. I hope that settles well in your mind. Sex trafficking is considered the third largest criminal enterprise. Some say it's the second largest at this point, but depending on the stats that you're reading, it's, it's either the second or the third largest criminal enterprise in existence and fast growing. People, primarily women and children, are taken and then forced to perform sexual acts in a wide array of perverted scenarios. Many of these sexually deviant scenarios will be recorded on camera and then uploaded for the world's viewing pleasure. Men, and now we know women, 
make the arbitrary choice to regularly watch violent and disturbing pornography, thereby creating a demand for the abduction of victims needed to create such filth. You assume, unless your conscience is wholeheartedly seared, you're watching consenting adults participate in sexual activity on camera, when in fact a great portion of women are coerced, forced, or drugged into this activity. Furthermore, you may not be watching an adult at all. You may be watching a child that was taken by men stealers and forced into disgusting sexual abuse. But at least your right to watch porn has not been infringed upon. Never mind the child who was mentally and emotionally destroyed. Of course, as a Bible-believing Christian, I would take issue with pornography beyond the physical danger in which it places women and children. Christians would approach this idea in such a way as to fight this battle internally before it ever produced physical fruit. But again, before we venture into basic biblical ideas regarding fornication and adultery, I am curious. Are you all right with your casual or obsessive use of porn facilitating the sexual abuse of women and children? Are you okay with that? Have you come to terms with that and just accepted it as how it is? Are there lives worth being sacrificed at the altar of personal pleasure? The demand is so high, the supply must be met, even if it means taking children and subjecting them to the perverted minds of lewd adults. Before we ever invoke God or his word, before we bring any biblical principle into this situation, how are these cold, hard, disgusting facts not enough to cause you to leave off this activity? Is your personal self-indulgence, your personal pleasure really more important than the safety of children and young women? This only exists because there is a market for it. Why would you do anything to help such a market to continue? The reason the kidnapping exists, the reason the perverted sexual abuse exists, is because there is a demand from which supply can be profited from if that demand is met. You are no longer simply making a choice to view porn. You are making a choice to aid in the destruction of people's lives. Let's examine a few cases of this national pastime. (laughs) Back in January 2020, a 45-year-old man from Grand Rapids, Michigan, decided his best defense in court would be to self-identify as an 8-year-old girl. Gender confusion is now being used against the fools that decided to accept it in many ways. One such way is an attempt to circumvent the justice system. Now, how identifying as an eight-year-old girl would suddenly make this man's actions legal is beyond me, and the judge didn't fall for it either. But this will not be the first time this will be used as a defense for reprehensible crimes. Psychologists are now introducing the idea that gender as well as age are subjective and should be seriously considered. The man's strange defense also included lecturing the court as to how he had the constitutional right to propagate violent images of children being sexually abused. Thankfully, the defense promptly responded by reminding the court raping children on camera is not exactly covered under the purview of free speech. The man was caught when a runaway minor was found living in his home. They were holding him in prison during his court proceedings, 
And the entire time he was in prison, he bragged and boasted about his right to be able to view pornography and even create it if he wanted to. And he would sit there and draw pornographic pictures of children in his jail cell. You say that might be more of an extreme case. Okay, let's continue. Let's examine a slightly higher profile case. Back in 2014, a man employed by Bill and Melinda Gates, working as one of their top engineers, was arrested for child pornography. He was accused of having some 6,000 images of violent child pornography. These images were especially detestable, including rape scenes only involving children. Now, I presume being an engineer for the Gates family would be a fairly prestigious position to hold. My guess is it never crossed the minds of the Gates family that the man that worked for them was so deeply involved in such reprehensible activity. I I would give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I would not make the accusation that they had a clue what this man was doing. That's exactly the problem. People walking past us every day that appear to be respectable and high-minded, as well as the baser people in our society, they're all involved in this. How many senators and members of Congress have you seen in recent years caught up in prostitution, pornography, all sorts of vile, disgusting activity? This, this is reaching into every aspect of our society. Now, this curious engineer was noticed by police when he emailed through his Gmail account a photo of three teen boys being horrendously violated. Now, again, why does this type of sick activity exist? Only because a large base of consumers desires to have such materials. Get rid of the demand, then the supply dries up. Of the more than 6,000 images found on the man's various devices, at least 133 of the children abused on camera were identified by police. These are real people. No idea if those children were found or if they ever made their way back home. Who knows where they are and what is being done to them so that you can sit at home in the dark and watch these disgusting videos. Are you okay with that? Again, is that, is that something you have, you have justified in your mind and in your heart? I would sure love to know how you got from A to B. How did you travel so far down that road? Allentown, Pennsylvania, May 2020. A 31-year-old male is arrested not only for the violent sexual abuse of a minor, but in keeping up with the demand, he filmed that abuse and began to share it online. I mean, is this something, is this a thing now? You abuse a child on camera and put it online as though that's some, something to, to be proud of? The problem is there is a consumer base that will watch it. Now, unfortunately for him, one of the apps used to share the horrendous images had an undercover FBI agent waiting for such activity. The man was arrested and the judge ordered him to remain in jail. Coronavirus or no coronavirus, he was going to face a jury of his peers. He is currently facing 30 years in prison. But what will become of the children he abused? Just to produce sick content for the large portions of our population that have decided they want to watch from time to time. This man's life is destroyed. He's going to spend 30 years in prison, most likely. 
I'm okay with that. He deserves it. His choices, his actions brought about these consequences. But that child will never be okay again. That child had no that child had no opportunity to make any decisions in this. They were forced into this. That child will never have an opportunity to be normal. April 2020. Seven men were arrested as the result of a sting operation by the Volusia County Sheriff's Department. Operation Cyber Guardian was an investigation by the Volusia County Internet Crimes Against Children Unit alongside Homeland Security. These investigative groups say time at home during the coronavirus has been significantly dangerous to children. Predators, in search of producing content for the porn industry, have been hard at work. The ages of the men involved range from 20 to 62, the the men involved in this case, in this particular case. In the same time period, a man in Deltona, Florida, was arrested for viewing child pornography. He said he was just curious. Why? How on earth is that something to be curious about? Who says, I want to, you know, I just want to peek in and see the abuse of a child. Well, his curiosity led him to nine counts of sexual performance against a child. He was viewing images of girls between ages two and nine engaged in forced sexual activity with adult men. To be, to be curious, how twisted does your mind have to be for that to spark your curiosity? If this does not concern you, I I would suggest your moral compass is seriously off the mark. You need some serious help. What about international news? April 2020, Australian police rescued four children from sexual exploitation. An international child sex ring was creating and selling videos and still images of a wide array of child rape and abuse. We wouldn't want to take away your variety. The age of the children. Now, listen carefully to this. You, you really need. I understand these things are hard to hear. But if this is something you're dabbling in, you need to hear this. The age of the children were between two months and eight years old. Now, I'm not going to ask the question. As to what might have been happening to a two-month-old child. All I would like to see is the men involved swiftly and harshly punished. 16 people were arrested. In 2018, U.S. detectives discovered the possibility of the international ring and passed the information over to the Australian authorities. Operation Waldwa was an investigation built upon the cooperation of U.S. Homeland Security, Interpol, Europol, U.S. Cyber and Sex Crime Agencies, as well as several Australian investigative agencies. Three of the children were related to the individuals now charged with their sexual abuse. Investigators say these child abuse rings have extensive networks established for the purpose of sharing child abuse content. They exploit the vulnerable in order to produce entertainment for the lascivious. U.S. Homeland Security put out a strong statement. They said, we are undeterred by COVID-19. We will remain on duty and keep our children safe. The list goes on and on. From CEOs to teachers to underground cartels involved in trafficking. 
It is estimated that some 21 million people are trafficked each year. Around 5 million are children. Of the 21 million trafficked, around 4.5 million are taken for the purpose of forced sexual abuse on camera. Of this 4.5 million, the overwhelming majority are women and children, all taken to produce the vilest forms of entertainment. One research sample said roughly half the sample of nearly 1,000 people consisting of men, women, and children said they were abducted and forcefully used to make pornographic material. Many of these victims were taught by their captors how to perform by forcefully viewing porn that already existed. Existing porn is used as a training tool. Then the victims were forced to perform accordingly. And this is what happens to you. When you sit and watch this garbage, it's training your mind. It's creating a set of standards and exposing you to unrealistic ideas of extreme forms of sexual abuse. Then you can't get along in your basic relationships around you because you've so damaged your mind with this disgusting behavior and activity. In the world of porn and human trafficking, large monetary value is placed on children rather than adults. Let me say that again. In the world of porn and human trafficking, large monetary value is placed on children rather than adults. As a result, the incentive to continually abduct children increases. The average age of children trafficked for these purposes is 12 to 14 years old. And four out of five are young girls. Again, you think you're watching a consenting adult. You assume you assume the people involved in that video are consenting adults. It may be a very mature 14 year old girl. Now, if you're okay with that, you have stooped to new levels of disgusting lows. If you didn't know that, now would be a good time to jump out of that world as fast as you can. Now, this is not the type of material I enjoy covering. I am, I am grieved by this information. How is it possible this exists? You need to understand you are not simply making a choice to watch porn. You are enabling a massive system of horrendous abuse. You may be watching a child that has been forced by the threat of violent physical abuse or by the loss of their life to participate in this activity. The link between porn and human trafficking is clearly definable. Thus, the link between your watching porn And enabling this system is likewise just as definable. It goes all the way back to the consumer. There's a demand. They're going to meet that demand and they're going to make the money off that demand as long as there is a demand that requires them to supply. And it would cut into their profit margin if they went out and found a bunch of lewd and lascivious women to participate in these things. So instead they go and they take people because that costs a lot less. Real people are being violated to produce these materials. The abuse, the injuries, 
The deep emotional scars are very real and now exist for your personal viewing pleasure. The image of that person, be it video or photographs, is still that person. Just because it's on a screen doesn't mean this is not real. People are being physically violated. One victim of this sort of sexual abuse said, when someone watches the video of me being raped, they are watching me being raped. The porn industry creates a sort of trauma from repetitive abuse unmatched by any other. First is the despicable abuse required to create the video or picture. That's the physical aspect. Then it hits the internet. At that point, the image will exist forever. Watched repeatedly, that young girl will never be able to get rid of what was done to her, nor will anyone ever be able to fully remove it from the internet. And sick, perverted people are going to sit and watch that girl being physically harmed repeatedly. You are sharing in the loathsome abuse of human beings. What's worse, you may be causing the sexual abuse of a child to go viral. Just a simple choice. Think I'll sit at home and watch some porn today. The numbers go up. The suppliers see the demand. And they're going to go out and they're going to take somebody. They're going to take somebody forcefully. They're going to take someone. A child, good chance. A teenage girl, very good chance. Higher chance. And even adult women. So you can sit and watch what they are going to do to them. Now, to my displeasure, I read a number of case studies involving these ideas. And I'm going to read one to you now. I, I, picked, I picked an elderly man. At least this, this week, we're going to end with a casual user that started off small and then ended up being overwhelmed by his unwillingness to stop. And it caused serious, serious trouble for him. And just as a, as a case study, it also provides a scenario for what may very well be happening in your life right now. So pay close attention if this is something you're struggling with and something that you've decided you can't stop. You can stop. You can definitely stop. You've just decided not to. We'll call this man's name John Doe. John says his first interaction with pornographic material was around age 11. He and his friends would go to the local amusement park and for 10 cents, they could watch pornography inside a small box. So after the sexual revolution was in full swing, Hugh Hefner with his ideas of sexual liberation created Playboy. John began to come across Playboy magazines from time to time. Then the internet came along, and before long, pornography was widely available in the privacy of one's home. John came to be deeply involved. With such ease of access, it became a common aspect of his daily life. As it began to consume his time, his wife took notice. Marriage troubles began to stem from John's consumption of pornography. He often even blamed his wife for his use of pornography. His wife told him repeatedly she wished he would stop. She would ask him to get help. He would respond by telling her, I can stop anytime I want. Of course, he didn't stop. 
At some point during his time consuming porn, he was faced with an advertisement for young girls. He followed the ad and this started, whether he knew it or not, his venture into child pornography. The images and videos did not advertise the persons involved were children. They just appeared to be young. For all John knew, these were consenting adults, but they were not. After a while, he would feel guilty and try to stop for some time. John noted, though, that watching pornographic content embedded in movies on HBO and elsewhere on television would spark his interest again. John notes he wasted hours and hours of his time consuming pornography. His wife wanted to leave him. She was fed up and no longer wanted to be in the relationship. Now, this couple's in their 60s and 70s. I believe he was about 70 and she was in her her, uh, mid to late 60s when all this took place. John and his wife had children, all daughters. I guess it never crossed his mind to consider whether his daughters could be caught up in this as well. They were aware of marriage troubles, but they did not know the source of those troubles. John kept his computer in a private location in the home. He could escape and be alone on his computer for hours. John admits he didn't know much about computers. He got himself involved in a peer-to-peer file sharing network. What he didn't realize is that form of sharing not only provides your computer access to somewhat secretive pornographic material, but also made his personal computer a host for sharing with others. So he's not only receiving these images now, He's propagating them. He would regularly download images that were being passed around the network. Often as the download was coming through, there was no way to know what the image or video was going to contain until it was fully downloaded on the computer. As certain images were downloaded, it may have been too far down the road of perverseness for John, so he would delete the image, but he already had it downloaded on his computer. And depending on how quickly he deleted the images... They were hosted for others to download as well. As his wife was on the verge of leaving him, one fateful night, the SWAT team kicked in their back door. John was awakened when he heard his wife screaming, demanding to know who the men were storming their home. The SWAT team in full gear came in screaming for his wife to get down on her face. John jumped from his bed and ran in to try and help his wife, only to find her backed into a corner with guns drawn and men aggressively approaching her. The elderly couple was handcuffed and made to sit on the floor. Once the confusion settled slightly, John knew exactly why they were there. He was arrested. His home was violently searched, but his wife was eventually set free. Later, John remarked he didn't think he would have ever gotten involved in child pornography if he had never started consuming porn in the first place. Child pornography makes up about 21% of the porn industry. John started by dabbling in pornographic material here and there. It eventually led to his consuming porn for hours online. In the midst of this porn consumption came child pornography. For the most part, he assumed he was watching consenting adults, but that was not always the case. Instead, he assisted with the transmission of child pornography. When John was sentenced, the judge had some very stern words for him. In a very sobering tone, he said, you are the reason child pornography makes its way across the internet. 
You offend every fiber of my being. The judge explained the reason child pornography exists is that there is a consumer base for this media. I ask you again, are you okay with the abuse of children to provide you entertainment? Are you prepared for the night the SWAT team bursts through your doors? Are a few moments of twisted pleasure worth so much destruction of life? Thank you for listening and God bless. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.